Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo! The T stands for torrential downpour. Which is what we've had all day, which is what we may have for the remainder of the week. Joel and I. Like Friday. Friday's supposed to be a good day for me. Joel and I are going to uh, hitch up the ark, and we're going to head to Oxford. With every Mississippi beat rider, Mississippi State beat rider, as best we can, as we will, uh, we're going to float our way up Highway Nine later on uh, today. Thank you guys for tuning in. If you, you know, if you still have power, if the, if you have your your your, your devices haven't washed away, uh, we thank you for tuning in at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you're getting your podcast. We appreciate all of our listeners, especially our great servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Don't you forget it to try them out this weekend when you are up here for baseball. And I know you will be. You will be up here for baseball. I I can feel it in my bones. If you are someone who is listening to this podcast, you are like my co-host over there. You are chomping at the bit, frothing at the mouth for baseball. Yeah, and I'm frothing at the mouth for Strange Brew on on Tuesday. Something that I'm really looking forward to. I'm a – I love people, but I'm kind of – there's a little bit of a loner to me. So I'm kind of looking forward to like an hour and a half in the truck driving to Oxford on Tuesday with just nothing but maybe a good pod, mm-hmm. maybe silence, who knows. Yeah. And 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 before I head out, that's my last stop. Yeah. Strange brew, get my blueberry cobbler and then head north. You got nobody in the uh, you got nobody in the in the car with you? Well, I'm not 100% sure when I'm leaving, so I didn't get, try to say, "Hey, do you want to ride with me?" because I don't really know what who, time me? I'm leaving. No, you you can't go no, because you got to go early. Yeah, I got to go early. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can, we can go early. We can go. Well, yeah, but then I have to sit in Oxford for like eight hours. Nobody wants that. <laughs> Literally, nobody wants. So that. since I can't have anybody, I'm one that I don't mind going anywhere by myself. So mm-hmm. yeah. I'm looking forward to nothing but me and Strange Brew. Yeah, on, on the way to Oxford. maybe a little Arn or I am. This is a or you know Talk is Jericho or something. Absolutely. Like that. This last talk last week's Talk is Jericho. You need to listen. Was to the it. NWO one? No, no, with Hacksaw Duggan. Oh yeah, I need fantastic. To- I was I was walking in the neighborhood while I was listening to it. So I might have thought I was a crazy person. I was laughing <laughs> maniacally the whole time. Really good. Uh, one of our other sponsor, uh, College Corner. Before you get up here this weekend, if you live in the Jackson area, definitely drop by there and pick up some new M over S stuff for your baseball appearance. You know the team's gonna be looking sharp. You want to look sharp too. Have the new hat, the new hoodie, something like that. Either of their two locations in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They are in. Flowood by the Half Shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Whenever you get back to Startville, spend your time doing the things you want to do at the restaurants, at the bars, and of course at the game, not in line. You can do that when you shop at College Corner. We got a great interview on the uh, show today, sort of. It's on the podcast feed, but until I get my laptop back, which update should be this week. Woohoo. Uh, I'm getting a new laptop, but I'll, I'll be transferring all my old stuff to the new laptop. So. My my music files and and more importantly my my gifs I have to have my gifs I'm going crazy here without them uh, all back so I can't insert the interview here but down on the podcast feed there it is we caught me Joel and I caught up with Brian Scott Rippy of Super Talk Mississippi Sports Talk Mississippi got his thoughts on tonight in Oxford we're gonna preview that game right now I got a hot take for you on this one Ooh, let me put the mitts on you ready. This is as important a game as Ben Howland's ever coached. It, it's one of the most important games he'll ever coach. And let me tell you why. Never mind that State isn't in a position to be giving away road wins to sub-90 net ranking teams. Mm-hmm. 
you think about the last two crowds we've had at the hump for men's basketball. They've been, been good. Consistently good. Been pretty good. Yeah. You got momentum right now. Yep. Nothing lets the air out of balloon out of the balloon like losing to Ole Miss. Nothing. You lose to Ole Miss, you gotta go to Arkansas, you go yeah. 0-2 this week, yeah. it's over. Yeah. I mean, you might still get in the NCAA tournament. But Wednesday against South Carolina, no. Nobody there. Nobody there. You go well. You go zero and two this week. It starts getting to be an uphill climb. Well, then you, you can't. You almost can't lose again. But state needs this game. They need this game. There, there is there is pressure on Mississippi State to win. And on the other side of the coin, there's no pressure on Ole Miss. And even though I think State's the far better team, that's that's a scary proposition when you walk into somebody else's arena and you need to win, and they just want to win. And they're playing their best basketball. They really are of yeah. the year. I mean, I, I know that you, you can't – sometimes in baseball, uh, in like MLB in particular, it's not so much who you play, it's when you play them. Like, you know, you the Marlins stink. But if you're playing the Marlins on the back end of like a five-game winning streak and they're kind of feeling froggy about themselves a little bit, you don't want to play the Marlins then, despite the fact that they're, right. they may lose 100 games. And it's kind of the same way here. First off, Ole Miss isn't exactly a team that's just – even when they were you know, 0-5 in the SEC to start the year, it didn't like they were getting blown out of the water every, right. every game. I mean, they were competitive in, in most games. I think they had one. I believe it was LSU where they just got boat raced. But other than that, they were pretty much in every game. Uh, that's one. So they're not a, as bad as their record indicates. But two, they are red hot right now. They are at home. They, they have just – destroyed South Carolina and beat Florida by, what was it, 15, 17 points, something yeah. like that. I mean, they they are feeling good about and themselves right now. had Auburn on the ropes two weeks ago. Yeah. Just, just couldn't pull the trigger. A game they should have won. They should have won. They should have won that game. Um, they've got the defending SEC Player of the Week with Brian Tyree, who, I mean, is liable to just go off on you any night and score 30-plus. Yeah. You, you just don't know. This is absolutely a scary game for Ben Allen and Mississippi State because it is it is a team that you are better than, but right now I don't think there's anybody in the country that's just jumping up and down the chance to play in the pavilion against an Ole Miss team that's – I mean, they're feeling. There's no other way you can say it right now. Um, State cannot afford to go into Oxford tomorrow night and fall down 10 points in the first half or whatever again and that place starts rocking. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I know this isn't Rupp Arena, you know. And Ben Howland said a week ago that you know the state had to play forty full minutes to beat Kentucky. I mean, I know Ole Miss isn't Kentucky, but I kind of feel like, given the atmosphere and given how loose Ole Miss should probably be, and how much you know pressure or whatever state should probably kind of be under at this point going into the game, I kind of feel like if they get down 10, 12 points in the first half, ball game. You can, you can write your story, whatever. I mean, it's sports. You never know. But this isn't a game I'd want to, you know, mess around and do that yeah. if I if I was in. But back to your original point, Ben Howland's – when you first said it, when you first threw out your hot take, I was kind of interested to see where you went with it. But I'm, I think I'm kind of with you there. Uh, if, well, if the air gets let out of this balloon, I mean, it, there's no bringing it back in this year, I don't think, as far as from an excitement standpoint. Uh Particularly if they go zero and two this week, right. I don't know. I, I don't know that I necessarily think it's it's this game so much as just this week they have to win one of them. 
You think about two years ago, State goes through the non-conference and loses one game. Uh, then they start conference playoff week one. They, they win at home against Arkansas. And you think, okay, things are starting to turn around. This might be a tournament team. And then they go up to Ole Miss. And you might remember that game. They blew a double-digit lead. Yep. And, and that was a bad Ole Miss team. That was AK's last team. And they lost. And, and they never really got the momentum back. They ended up losing uh, three of their next four. I'm sorry, four of their next five. And the next thing you know, you look up and you're sort of out of tournament contention. Yeah. Last year, State goes to the non-conference. Well, they were undefeated, right? And then they uh, they lose that. Well, first. they lost one in non-conference. Then they lose Cincinnati. No, they beat Cincinnati. This was just two years ago. Last okay. year, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm two years off. Yeah. Last year, they go undefeated in non-conference, and they start the SEC play. They lose at South Carolina, but even then, it's like it's South, it's 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 a road game, whatever. But then you lose that home game to Ole Miss, and again, you had the big crowd there, and the the air just went out of the balloon. The first game against Ole Miss has just been difficult. Howland's never beaten them the first game. He's beaten them uh, three times in five years, and he's lost the first game every time. Oh, I take that back. I take that back. He did beat them the first game his first year when Malik Newman had maybe his one and only truly good game at Mississippi State. But this this game has troubled Ben Howland in the past. Um, and it's it's been a game that, that swings momentum for your season. Now, here's the good news. You are going up there with a far superior basketball team. Oh, don't mean to stop your flow here. They, oh. lost, they lost to Arizona State in the non-conference. That's right, and they did lose one. Okay, you're right. I, I was thinking they did lose one, but anyway, continue. <coughs> Excuse I, to- me. I, I totally just threw. No, it. no, no, we're good. We're good. <laughs> you, you're going up there with a far superior basketball team. Brian Tyree, great player, but you've got a guy in Nick Weatherspoon and another guy in DJ Stewart who you feel like you can you can limit him. Yeah. You'll hear Brian Scott be going a little bit more detail about that. Uh, and then down low, you know, with them, with with uh, Buffin and, and C, they really don't have the depth to go toe to toe with you with Perry, Adu, and Woodard. And you know, you've got guards who can drive and get to the basket too. If Ole Miss gets into foul trouble, they're really, really in trouble. And then you compound that with MSU hitting free throws at a seventy-five to eighty percent clip almost every game. There is no recipe for the upset here. If it, this is a game, in my opinion that Ole Miss can't win, but State could lose. Yeah, and one part of that equation, and if you mentioned this while you were talking and, and I was looking up that score a while ago, um, I apologize, I don't think you you said this, but if for whatever reason, and I, I'm not – Ben Howland did not say this on Monday, but like if Abdullah Duke can go, can't go. Right, I did not mention that, yeah. And, and he was apparently sore – on Sunday, they were going to reevaluate him on Monday when they got there for practice and stuff. Yeah. And and so we we haven't heard, and I don't feel like yeah, I don't that feel it's, like be it's anything major, right? But you know, if you have a situation where he's out, and I again, I'm then not saying then you're he's going out, small. Probably. Then well, then you're going small, but then it's imperative too that Reggie Perry stay his butt on the floor. Yeah, you, you can't have a situation where I do and Perry are both out. You you look at Perry likely playing 38 to 39 minutes at that point. So uh, yeah, maybe, I mean that, maybe that, give him a break before a timeout or something. That that would be humongous for Ole Miss if if it's just Perry, you know. Because then I mean, low. State's only been playing seven guys the past few weeks. They've been playing their starters plus Carter for a good portion of the game, and then Molinar has been giving you some spot. You know, now Aduro played some minutes against Vanderbilt, but for the most part, he's been only getting three or four minutes a game. Yeah. In, in in your scenario there, if Adu is not able to go, and we like so we don't know that yet. We don't know, and and quite frankly, I'm I'm guessing here. But I have not seen anything that would lead me to believe he took he's a tough not bump, going to play. But he is a tough player. I think he'll be be good to go. Um, and if State wins this game, then they, you know they can still they can take that loss on Arkansas if, if at Arkansas if it happens. But if they win it and they're two and zero, they're probably safely in at that point until they screw something unless they screw something up. 
Yeah. You know, looking at the uh, the article I put together that's available at supertalk.fm, you know, they project MSU's final record is 22-9, and nine, and that's with a loss at Arkansas. So if they were to somehow win this game, your, your projected record becomes 23-8. and eight. State is projected currently as a uh, 10 seed uh, by the ESPN uh, BPI predictor. They're currently an 11 seed by the NCAA.com field, which is done by Andy Katz. Bracketology had them in the first four out, but I still think that's going to get updated. If State beats Ole Miss, they'll jump back into the field of 64, Poss probably away from the uh, the, the uh, play-in games as well. They'll actually be in the tournament. So a win here sort of sets everything up for you really nicely for Mississippi State. Perry is going to, you know, he's been having great games. There's no reason to think he won't have another great game. So to sort of take him off the table, we'll pull the Dak Prescott rule here with him. Who's the playmaker in this game? Who has to show up for Mississippi State? Well, Ben Howland was talking today about how Ole Miss uses a lot of two-three zone um, here lately. So that kind of leads me to believe that State could really stand to hit some outside shots, which leads me to believe that Tyson Carter is once again kind of in the spotlight here for Mississippi State. If he can come off the bench and if he can be on and he can, you know, break up that zone a little bit, hit a, hit a couple of those three-pointers and uh, – you know, get get Ole Miss out of that out of that zone a little bit, and, and and maybe that allows Perry to be even more destructive down low. T- to me, Tyson Carter is a big key once again. I know I say that a lot, but I really do feel like if if you're playing an Ole Miss team that's going to play a lot of two three zone, I feel like that State could definitely use Tyson Carter sinking a few trays. Carter is you know he he has been really bad on the road. So that's an interesting pick because if he has a good road game, it'll be his first. It, 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 they may run him out of the gym. If yeah, he has, if he comes if he up there and is able to shoot. I mean, if Tyson can get you on the road 15, 16 points, yeah, you're going to be in great shape to win win the game. Um, for me, it's Nick Weatherspoon for two reasons. One, I don't think you need the Nick Weatherspoon you got Saturday. They scored 21 points. I think you need the Nick Weatherspoon who gets you seven, eight assists. To and no, doesn't turn the ball. And zero to one turnovers. But also I think you need the Nick Weatherspoon to slow down or limit Brian Tyree as much as you possibly can. That's going to be the matchup to watch. Tyree versus Weatherspoon, the probably the best shooting guard in the SEC versus the best on-ball defender in the SEC should be a fantastic matchup. If State wins that matchup, and and I agree with what Rippy's going to say in that interview if you listen that you know, it's about holding Tyree to 20 points, not letting him get 35. Yes, yeah, it's the classic you're not going to stop him, you just got to try to contain him. Something like deal. that, yeah. Yeah. So if if Weatherspoon's able to do that, State's probably going to win this game and win it pretty easily. So that said, I don't I don't know that it's going to be an easy night at the Pavilion for MSU. But what do you think? What's your prediction? I feel like State's going to win the game. Um, which I mean, as, given how well Ole Miss is playing, I mean, if we're if we're driving home from Oxford tomorrow night, set to record a late night pod, and State's lost, I'm not shocked either. But I think I think I feel like State's going to win the game. Uh, I feel like it's going to be close, though, and I don't. I don't think this is going to be a situation where State pulls away and 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 wins comfortably. Um, I'll say State wins, ah, seventy four seventy. Okay, Mississippi State. I think State wins as well, but I do think it's going to be a very close, hard fought game. I think the Ole Miss crowd is going to be into it. Uh, you know, I think they want this win. Here's the truth, and Ole Miss fans, you're not going to want to hear this, but haven't had a lot of success against Mississippi State in any sport lately. Uh, has only you know, and you look at the last two years, Ole Miss has beaten State one time, in, in a major sport, and that was the game in Starkville uh, for men's basketball. State's won both Egg Bowls. State's won all the women's basketball games. They won the other men's basketball game. They won all the baseball games. So you know, for as much as Ole Miss likes to poor mouth things and say that they're not the rivals, you know, of course they're giving out beat State buttons 
tonight. I don't, I don't think they gave out beat LSU buttons or anything like that. I could be wrong. Uh, they want to win this game. So the crowd's going to be hungry for a win. And if, if you're right about one thing, if they get up early, that crowd's going to be sensing for blood. And it might carry the Rebels to win. But I think State is able to control the inside on both ends of the court. And I think Weatherspoon can limit Tyree enough that you're going to get a Bulldog win. I'm going to say some more points on the board. 81-71 to 71, Mississippi State wins. 10-point game. State pulls away late on the free throw line. Okay. But tight throughout. I, I think it's a little closer than that. But I, we both have them winning. So There we go. We'll see. We may both be wrong. All right. Wouldn't be the first time. It would not. Get the, you also get, like I said, scroll down a little bit on your podcast feed, wherever you get your podcast, and you can find our interview with Brian Scott Rippey previewing this game. Football time. Time to talk a little football. That's exciting. Our first preseason positional breakdown of the Mike Leach era. I just The fact that he's in the even Drink it in. There, it's just... Mike Leach is the head coach at Mississippi State. It, it almost does, still does not seem right, but he is. So he is. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the quarterbacks. Uh, here's the question: Are we going to talk about KJ Costello here? Because this is a spring positional breakdown, and he's not here. I mean, I haven't called up KJ to ask, but I don't think he's going to be here. He's not going to be spring. here. I know for a uh, fact he's not going to be here. <laughs> um, so uh, that's the thing here. Like it's. I don't know that what happens in the spring is going to affect who's starting at all in the fall. That said, I think it's an important spring. You know, you're going to have Will Rogers and Garrett Schrader and, you know, Keaton Thompson, I guess, if he's going to still well, be here and whoever else. I mean, you're going to have Jalen Maiden. Uh, you're going to have a bunch of guys trying to, to learn and perfect this offense and kind of get acclimated to it, which – According to Mike Leach, it doesn't take all that long. According to his receivers coach, it doesn't take all that long. So, I mean, it's an important spring from, from that aspect of it. You want your, your guys to be comfortable. But I, as far as a, a quarterback competition, I don't know that this is anything other than somebody competing for second place. You know, so. Well, I think the main, the main thing to take away from spring for the quarterbacks is to find out who's going to be here in the fall. Because if you listen to Mike Leach, if you listen to what he said, Joel asked him the question. You know, he understands having five scholarship quarterbacks is impractical. Yeah, you want to have depth, but five is too many. Three is is okay. Four would be really good, but even then, with the way Mike Leach wants to look at his roster, and if you've been paying attention to some of the things he says, some of the stuff that people are writing, he wants to have you know say eighteen to twenty offensive linemen. Most teams carry you know fourteen, fifteen. So that's five guys that have got to come off scholarship. Now, part of that will be because you stop recruiting tight ends. But five quarterbacks is just impractical. I think kickers is sort of the same way. I don't know who all is on scholarship. I assume that uh, Ruiz is if he comes in. And I assume – I think Chrisman is on scholarship at this point now. But that's why they brought in two preferred walk-ones. They're going to see if one of those guys can't beat out Chrisman and and see if they can free up a scholarship yeah. there. You, you were talking about uh, not recruiting tight ends a minute ago. Uh I think it was – I can't remember who it was that asked Dave Nickel the other day, and he was like talking like it's a little bit of a misconception that this offense won't use a tight end. Well, they will use a bigger receiver. And he, he, he was just saying that last year at Washington State, we didn't have really a tight or right. a, a tight end that we felt comfortable using, you know, utilizing a lot. But if, if there is a, a guy, mm-hmm. they don't mind it. I don't <laughs> see them going out to recruit Farad Green yeah. type. They might try to recruit bigger receivers who they can turn into tight ends, but to, to recruit a – Six foot three, two hundred and fifty pound guy. I don't see that happening. Those are guys that are going to try to turn into defensive linemen and things like that. I just don't see that. 
You also have a situation here with them. I don't know. We can talk about that later, actually, because we're, we're doing quarterbacks today. Yeah. we got plenty of time to, plenty to time talk to about tight ends or whatever. Well, actually, we don't. We're not previewing tight ends. <laughs> we may have to get it in here. Um, so it's about who's going to stay. I think we've. I, it, there's no question Will Rogers will stay for two reasons. One, he's a true freshman, so you got plenty of room. You, you, you want to keep him on. But secondly, he's a guy that Leach recruited out of high school. So, you know, if we're talking about Leach quarterbacks, he obviously fits the bill. Yeah, the only two will be he and K.J. Costello who, who he brings Yeah, in, Costello guess. will be here in the fall. Rodgers will be here in the fall. you got to pick one to go. At least one's going to go. Probably, Possibly two, but at least one is going to go. Or, or change positions. Or change positions. Which and, I don't really see happening. But So let's, let's start with Schrader. I feel like I may have sold Schrader a little short in terms of what he can do with this offense. Because he, as a true freshman, he completed 58% of his passes. That's accurate enough, all right? That's enough that you can you, you see the tools that I can be better. And this is where some people get on to me about Keaton Thompson. I haven't ever seen that from Keaton Thompson. Every time I've seen Keaton Thompson on the field, he's completing 50, 51% or less. And I've seen him in practice, and he's just not an accurate passer. And this offense requires, above all else, accuracy from the quarterback. Well, Garrett Schrader was recruited to run a Joe Moorhead offense which is known for or was known, you know, for its explosiveness and the biggest part of that explosiveness was what? Passing, Passing the, the football. Yeah. So it, I mean, yeah, he's going to be asked to do it more in the air raid, but Garrett Schrader was recruited because of his throwing ability. Now, Moorhead was more of the wanted you to beat what he used to always say with your brains, your arm yeah. and your legs. He was more of the wanted to have that other tool too, whereas Leach I don't think he gives crap you can run the football or not as a quarterback. But I, I think that's an interesting side note there, though, in that you've never Leach has never had a quarterback that could run the football. You know, and you think about the way they spread the field. You're going to force some man coverage. You're going to have guys turning around, putting their back to the quarterback. A guy like Schrader sees that, and there's going to be times where he can just go take off and make some big plays. I think. I think the same could be said of Keaton and Jalen Maiden. Maybe less Maiden, but but Keaton for sure. The problem is, you know, our team's going to respect the pass enough if Keaton is in there. So I think Schrader is going to stick it out. You know, also the thing to remember with Schrader is he has a redshirt year available, so he can take a you know a year, learn, learn the system, master it. This is sort of what we talked about with Keaton. Once Tommy Stevens came in, because we weren't sure if he would transfer or not, and we said, look, he's got the redshirt year available. He can stay and, and get you know master the Moorhead system and come back as a, a redshirt junior ready to go. It didn't work out that way. And now I have to think, you know, probably they're going to be the decision to move on. <sighs> With Maiden, I've said it before, his resume reads like somebody Mike Leach would have would, would wanted to recruit. Past happy high school quarterback out of Texas, Mike Leach has made a living off of those guys. You look at the guys he's recruiting right now for Mississippi State, Texas is where he's hitting. So Maiden's resume reads like a guy you would want to do that, but we haven't ever seen anything of Maiden except for extreme mop-up duty two years yeah, ago. Yeah, Maiden, I just feel like we don't... Don't know anything about Nobody him. knows what you have with Maiden. Yeah. And when you look around the room, to me... If you just had to guess, it feels like that the 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 pathway here over the next few years is Costello this year, Schrader next year, and maybe for the next you know couple of years, 
And then you got Will Rogers kind of waiting in the ring, right. rings back there, right. more so than. And I think a lot of that's just because I mean we don't know what we have in Maiden. Yeah. You and I, we we haven't hardly seen him. No one's hardly seen him since he's worn the maroon and white. And Keaton, I feel like we do kind of know what you have with Keaton. And I do feel like that, yeah. And I don't feel like it's a fit for for Leach. Right. Is it a fit for Dan Mullen? Yeah, you betcha. One hundred. Dan Mullen was still here. Keaton Thompson, QB one. He would have been. He'd be coming <laughs> off a, a fantastic junior year. I have no doubt about it. <laughs> but Dan Mullen's not here, and so I feel like Keaton is in the quarterback room right now. He is the obvious square peg in the round hole to me. Is it fair to say that that Maiden could be the quarterback who has the most to gain this spring? I mean, it's a fresh slate for Jalen Maiden. So, you know, yeah. If this coaching staff comes in here and... I mean, they have really no film on him but, but high school, you know? Yeah. I don't think he's thrown a pass. I could be wrong, but I don't think he has. I mean, if, if he comes out in spring ball and he's just... To use Mike Leak's... Mike Leak. Mike Leak's a pitcher in Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. To use Mike Leach's terminology, um, although I am going to use... His terminology is a baseball analogy... Uh, throwing strikes. If Jalen Maiden comes out throwing strikes mm-hmm. in the spring, I mean, I think he could kind of so, sort of get on that radar a little bit here because it is a completely new slate, completely new coaching staff it's, for the most part. Is the best case scenario for Mississippi State next year Costello, Maiden as the backup, and then Schrader and Rogers can both redshirt, and Thompson is either at a new position or he's off the roster? I, I, again, I don't see him sticking it out after this spring. <laughs> I think I, I I am going to make an assumption that he's going to graduate this spring, and then he's going to either become a wide receiver or a tight end or whatever you want, or he's going to move on. See, I'm kind of in the ballpark here of where eventually KT and Jalen Maiden, one of those guys are going to have to go. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of of the same opinion here. Garrett Schrader, Will Rogers, one of those guys are eventually going to have to go. Because it, especially if, if Garrett redshirts this coming year, you're going to have a a redshirt sophomore in Garrett Schrader in 2021. Um, you're going to have a redshirt freshman, Will Rogers, in 2021. And, you know, if Schrader's your quarterback for three years, then Will Rogers is never your starter until he's a redshirt senior. I just feel like Will Rogers is better than that, you know. So I kind of feel like either Rogers is going to pass Schrader and Schrader's going to want to go. Or I, I kind of feel like one – we know K.J. Costello, or at least we feel like K.J. Costello is your quarterback in 2020. And I feel like one of the two of K.T. and Maiden is going to have to make the choice to get out. And not this year, but in the next couple of years, I kind of feel like Schrader or Rogers, one of those guys, are going to have to make a choice to do something else. Assuming they aren't, you know, assuming they don't win the job. And, you know, Rogers, we are past the day of the four-year backup. The days of, I'm trying to think of some names, like Matt Wyatt. You know, a guy like that who loses his starting job, they're not sticking around anymore. Those I mean, days are gone. If Will Rogers is a backup, do you think he's going to be the backup quarterback at Mississippi State as a junior? Because I don't, see. Like, he, I, by the time he's a junior, and here's the thing, when you sign with a team like Mississippi State, who, when you sign there, you knew that Schrader was here. Yeah. You knew that he's probably the guy at least the next two years, you know, if he has a monster junior year, you never know, but probably the next three. So you're looking at, yeah, as a redshirt junior, you're probably, that's your time to start. If he's not the starter by then, yes, he's going to leave. But of course, we're projecting into Way 2022 yeah. basically at this point. So no telling. I, I don't think that's that's a worry. If the if the offense is easy to grasp, I feel like all four of these guys are at least going to give it a go. 
I feel like all four of them want to be here. I get that. I mean, Schrader was there to meet uh, Leach off the plane. Maiden and Thompson have not transferred out yet. Uh, and, of course, Rodgers is just a true freshman. So I don't feel like there's a, a a problem in the locker room, a problem in the quarterback room or anything like that? No, I don't feel like there's any issue from from that. Yeah, I, I don't feel like there's any kind of of that going on. But I do think that when we get to fall camp, when we get to August, one of those guys is not going to be in that quarterback room. I, I can't see that happening. Maybe you can, mm-hmm. but I can't. <laughs> right. Uh, I, I can't foresee Mississippi State. Well, Mike Leach said so himself, that you cannot rep five quarterbacks. Right. Because he doesn't have five you know, quality offensive line. He said at some point, when you have that many guys and you're trying to get them all equal reps, you're doing something, but you're doing nothing. And there's, there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, there's going to come a point where the rubber's going to meet the road and just from a time management standpoint, State can't afford to have five scholarship quarterbacks. So somebody has got to get to getting, either get to getting down the hall to another position group mm-hmm. or get to getting to another it is that somewhere simple. else. It is that simple. So at least one, maybe two. You've got to have attrition at this position. And normally you don't ever want quarterback attrition. You've got to have it at this position this spring. Somebody who is here this spring cannot be here this fall because K.J. Costello is coming. And to it me, that again, it just feels like Keaton is the obvious You're right. of the five. I agree. Because he is not the fit, yeah. his his career completion percentage, he is not the Mr. Accurate passer. Not that he doesn't have a strong arm, not that he can't be effective passing the football, mm-hmm. but when you throw the football 50 times a game, you're going to have to complete 30 of them. And minimum. Minimum. And I, I don't know that anybody believes that that's possible out of Keaton. Now, if he wants to run a Dan Mullen-style offense somewhere, he could be absolutely phenomenal at it. Mm-hmm. And So, to me, he is the square peg in the round hole that if I'm just – if I had to pick one, he's the one that I'm looking at, like, I'm going to be shocked if he's here in August. All that said, I mean, there is the – maybe he does want to say, hey, Coach Leach, try me at receiver, and I love Mississippi State. That could happen. But as far as being in the quarterback room – He's the guy that I look at and think, I just can't see him still being in that quarterback room come August. I agree. I agree. We'll see what happens. This 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 is the position where there's going to be a lot – normally not a lot of flux at the quarterback position. There will be this offseason. There's going to be some movement. There's going to be some guys moving around. There's going to be a lot of questions. Until we get to the – until fall camp, we're not going to have a whole ton of answers. Does it kind of feel like to you, though, that – that Jalen Maiden like doesn't have much of a shot to ever be the starter. <laughs> like he's just kind of there. He would have to. The only path for Jalen Maiden to be the starter is to beat out Garrett Schrader. Because this year is custom, which he could. But I mean, you know, in this style offense, yeah, head to head, Maiden versus case, Schrader. If that's who knows? the case, Schrader's going to go. It's just that simple. This is the new. I think the thing is, Maiden's just so much of a wild card for. We me. don't know anything about him. This is this is the new normal though. Quarterback rooms in flux. You know, if you have a junior, if you're a sophomore quarterback who hasn't started yet, you can start expecting him not to be there. It feels like that. And that, that's not just in Mississippi State, that's everywhere. That's going to be everywhere. So, a little more uh, confidence next week when we talk about the running backs. Kylan Hill. I, think I know the starter. Yeah, I feel good there. And then, you know, we'll, the, the, the guys behind him, though, sort of the same thing, though, yeah. I guess. We, we got to figure out that the rest of that rotation there and how they're going to work and what they're going to bring to this offense. Looking forward to that. 
next week. All right, Joel and I will be in Oxford uh, tonight, so uh, obviously keep up with us there. Late night for us on the podcast, so we will move the rumblings back one more day. Then we talked about that, excuse me, yesterday. So send your questions into us on Wednesday. We'll do them on Thursday's podcast. Tomorrow night we'll recap Mississippi State and Ole Miss, uh, and so I'll tell you what happened. Uh, up in Oxford Town. Until then, for Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.